Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if that is too much for you to remember, we live love and serve. Today we honor and celebrate uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You may see the shirt I have is our special breast cancer awareness shirt. We stand in solidarity with our survivors and our thrivers of breast cancer. We also have this wonderful warrior shirt for those who celebrate Breast Cancer uh, Awareness Month. It's also um, Intimate Partners Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so today we remember those persons as well. Amen. I'm going to be brief. I, I was so moved and inspired by praise and worship. And just the whole, the whole tone of today's worship experience. I, I want to lift up a passage from the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And I want to read verses 7 through 10 in the Message Bible. 2 Corinthians 7 through 10 in the Message Bible. Well, chapter 4, 7 through 10. And here's how it reads. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of one of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've, we haven't, uh, we've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. I'll stop there. Let's pray. God, we thank you and we bless you on this glorious morning, this day that you have given, granted us. It is a day, oh God, that is an incomparable gift from you. God, we value it, we treasure it, and we do not take it for granted. Now, oh God, let the words that you declare on today reach the mark of our spirit, hit the target in our soul, that we might experience empowerment and transformation. God, have your way. Just have your way. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen. 
Again, let me read that in your hearing, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10, and it reads like this. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he, did, he does in us. He lives. He lives. Amen. I want for just a few moments today to preach from the subject inspired by this worship today. I'm battle tested. I'm battle tested. I, I, I have to say over the years, theologically, I've had issues with some of Paul's teachings. Uh, but today, I have to confess, there are moments in Paul's teachings that are so amazing and phenomenal, phenomenal to my own spirit, it is as if the words find a resting place in my spirit, an explosion, if you will, of theological flourishing that comes from some of Paul's writings. And in 2 Corinthians, in this third chapter and on into this fourth chapter, this is one of those moments where Paul pulls me in and it becomes hard for me to get out of this spiritual matrix that Paul creates. If you look at the end of the third chapter, it is one of the most liberating writings and teachings of the Apostle Paul in the end of that third chapter of 2 Corinthians. Paul, in a few powerful words, breaks down what he believes was the work of Jesus. Not just the life, but the work of Jesus. Paul makes it clear that prior to the act of God through Jesus, that all of us were bound in what he calls this constrictive legislation of the law that we were so confined by what the law says, so taken by what the word was written by Moses was saying, that we did not bask in the freedom of God's creativity that was given to us. So bound by the law, so bound by honoring the law verbatim that we missed the move of the spirit when the spirit began to move. This is Paul speaking in the third chapter of 2 Corinthians. And then Paul says in this theological flourish, he says, but Jesus comes and does something different. Where Moses gives the law, a veil is created. A veil that separates people from God, where the veil uh, is established in such a way that even in Moses' day, it was not accepted to see God face to face or death would surely come. Paul refers to this as this constricting legislation of the law. It is in this view, this reading of the law, that cause fear and trembling and trepidation and anxiety because no one wanted to do anything wrong. Everyone tiptoed around what was possible because no one wanted to feel the wrath of God by breaking the law of God that was given. Paul is a Pharisee. 
was a Pharisee. He understands the power of the law. And in many ways, what the law had become was something that made God seem like a distant deity, not an intimate God, not one who seeks to allow one's divinity or God's divinity to rest in our presence. But then Paul says, what Moses gave is then move that veil through the work of Jesus. Through the work of Jesus, Jesus introduces us to a reimagined way of seeing ourselves and seeing God and seeing our relationship with God. This is what Paul says in the end of that third chapter, that the veil is no longer there. There's nothing that blocks the relationship between you and God, between me and God, between us and God. The veil is gone. And Paul says, now we stand and feel the brightness of God's glory reflecting off of our face. That now that the veil is gone, there is nothing separating us, nothing between us. We live now with this intimate connection to a God who wants to be intimately connected with us. Something has shifted, Paul says, in the work of Jesus. The God who seemed distant and disconnected is now before us, inviting us in to an intimate relationship. Oh, let me pause for a second because I often get nervous when I encounter believers who want to live in the constrictive legislation of the law. Those who are so bound and crippled by wanting to dot every I and cross every T that they miss the free move of the spirit, that they miss the overflowing, amazing power of the presence of God. They'd rather have a relationship with letters than a relationship with the spirit. they rather honor the code and the law then honor the move of God. And Paul says, in Jesus, those barriers are turned down, are torn down. In Jesus' work, we are drawn closer. And then in the beginning of chapter 4, Paul says, now that we know all of this, we cannot throw up our hands and surrender at the first sign of obstacle and trouble. Now that we know we have a God who is not afraid of being intimately connected with creation. Now that we know we have a God who is not turned off by our radical inconsistencies. Now that we have a God who is not offended by the flaws of our humanity. Now that we have a God who does not mind getting a little dirty with his muddy creation. Now that we have a God who stands with us and stands by us, we can not be afraid when obstacles come our way. We live in the reflection of the bright glory of God. This is what Paul says, and I love the language in the Message Bible, that God trusts us with the brightness of God's glory and glow. God trusts us with the brightness of God's glory and glow. Here's how it is said in the traditional King James Version. 
We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this beautiful treasure in this unadorned clay that, that in our brokenness, somehow God breaks through the cracks of our very brokenness. In our flaws, God's presence is felt and seen. And somehow in this image Paul gives of this treasure in cracked jars, in broken vessels, somehow those of us who get afraid of our own brokenness miss the opportunity for the brightness of God to shine through the cracks in our lives, through the brokenness in our lives. Oh, I need you to understand that, that somehow in our broken moments, something of God is revealed. In those moments where you can see our taintedness the most, you get a glimpse of God's glory. Somehow in those moments where sutures will not heal, you begin to see the overwhelming presence of God, the unoffended God, who is not offended by our struggle, our troubles, our, our, our wrestling with ourselves. I hope you can get this because there are some people even watching right now who have this idea that God is offended with our flaws, that somehow God believes that our broken moments and our wounded times that may even be self-inflicted are the things that disqualify us from divine encounter. No, you have to be able when you hear that kind of fractured, twisted thinking to rebuke that thinking that undermines God's presence in your life. Because if God can't handle me at my low moments, if God can't shine through me in my brokenness, if God can't be revealed in my cracks, then God is not who we believe God to be. God doesn't need perfection for God's strength to be perfected. Oh, I hope you hear that. God does not need perfection for God's strength to be perfected. When we are weak, that's when God is strong because his strength, God's strength, is perfected in our weakness. Oh, I hope you can grasp that this morning because there's some people who think that they're disqualified because of their weakness, their woundedness, their brokenness, their flawedness. But no, somehow God's strength takes my weakness and elevates God's strength in my spirit. You see, I've wondered in my life as a young man, how can Paul talk with such boldness, with such clarity of thought when it comes to the God he encounters in his sorrow and suffering? How? What is it about Paul 
And just as I raised that question, I had to reflect on my own life. You can reflect on your life. In the hospital bed. Body filled with pain medication. That brings about hallucination. And in the midst of the hallucinations, there's a clarity in God's presence. Bleeding and bruised. Still feeling intimately connected. Hurting and wounded. But feel even closer. You can't talk like Paul. Unless you've hurt like Paul. You can't speak of a God who you've encountered in your bloody mess. Unless you've had that igniting encounter. So when Paul says in this message version, we've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. Not sure what to do. But we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized. But God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down. But we haven't been broken. You don't talk like this unless you've met God in your fires. You don't talk this way unless God has shown up in your midnight hour. You don't know this language. Until God had to be a comforter at your bedside when the nurses walk away and the doctors walk away. You don't get this audacity unless God has shown up when everyone else has hung their head. Paul speaks in the past tense about God's favor. Oh, I hope you get that. You might have missed it. You can only speak in the past tense of God's favor when you survived what you've come through. Oh, I hope you can get that today. I want to keep on living to a point where I can speak about my trouble in the past tense. Oh, I hope you get that. Where I can say I was demoralized, I was bruised, I was wounded, but the demoralization, the bruising, and the wounds did not keep me. Temporary encounters rectified by an eternal God, that those temporary encounters with what I've gone through have been rectified by God who kept pulling me through time after time. And when you've had that in your life, you can stand strong on God's word and God's presence and declare to the world, come what may, I'm battle tested. I've been through, come through. And God has kept me every step of the way. Oh, beloved, I hope you can hear this today. Because I speak now not just 
to my breast cancer survivors or my domestic violence survivors and thrivers, but those who found themselves with their backs against the wall but mustered the strength to keep on swinging. Those who felt the overwhelming sense of dread but you never forsook your hope. Those who felt those moments when you wanted to throw in the towel but you never let go of your faith. You must let the world know I'm battle-tested. I'm ready for anything that can come my way. Why? Because I got a past tense testimony. I can talk about what I've gone through, what I've been through, what I've seen, and I can only say it now with confidence because God has kept me every step of the way. You are battle-tested. Stop shortchanging yourself and playing small. If you're here today, living in your home, in your kitchen, speak to yourself. I'm battle-tested. I've gone through, and I can talk about what I've been through in the past tense. I'm here. I'm here. Battered, bruised but not broken, hurt, wounded, but not demoralized, weak, weary, but still strong. And you need to know that today. Why? There's so many people who I've heard say, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. You think God looking at a calendar? God doesn't care what the month, what the year. God's power and presence are transcendent. And how can you start counting days? Or the God who delves in infinite possibility. No. 2020 can keep on coming. 2021 can come up. 2022 can show up. And if things seem like they don't get better, my God gets stronger. And that is what keeps me in this moment. No, it's simple but true. There's many storms that you've weathered. And many mountains you had to climb. Many obstacles you had to overcome. Nobody gets here without a little dust on them. Nobody arrives at these points without scars. But guess what? When you reflect over those moments, you can proudly, oh, thank you, God, proudly declare, I'm still here, and it's by the grace of God. I am still here. And it's by the grace 
of God. Every tear has a story. Every scar has a narrative. I am still here. And it's by the grace of God. And can I, can I let you in on a little secret that Paul hit me to? God's grace is still sufficient. God's grace is still more than enough to make it through. I'm still here. And this, by the grace of God, right where you are this morning, just, just say those words to yourself. I'm still here. And it's by the grace. It's by the grace. It's by the grace of God. Come on. I want to hear the praise team just say that. Come on to me. Just, just sing those words. Lead us this morning. I'm still here. Yes. Yes. Come on, right where you are. I want you to lift your voices this morning. I'm still here. I am still here. Yes. Come on, lean in, lean in, lean into your screen. Come on. I'm still here. See? Yes. Still here. He, yes. I, I, yes. Yes, God. It keeps on keeping me. Hey, I'm still here. Yes, God. Come on, don't you forget. I'm still here. Yes. I am still. I'm still, I am still here. It's by the grace of God. Yeah. I am here. 
Listen, I want you to just lean in this morning. And you need to be able to know that you are a grace baby. You are here by the grace of God. Every now and again, you just need to be reminded that, that you are not just a survivor, but a thriver. God didn't just bring you out of the battle. God brought you into your breakthrough. And you're still here because of God's grace. And you can't forget that. Come on, let's, let's go to God in prayer. God, we bless your name on today and we honor you, O oh God, for this season. As challenging as it may be, we are grateful that we can bask in the brightness of your glory. Live in the overflow of your righteousness. Stand in the sufficiency of your grace. God, thank you. Thank you for this reminder this morning. That as hard as it is, one day, today's struggle will be part of your past tense testimony. So, God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for those past tense testimonies that are a reminder of your current presence and your future provision. We love you, God. We honor you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray, and we say amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.